Hababoo. Hababoo, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Habba hababoo. <laughs> Welcome to the RC Roundtable Podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. Well, hello everybody, hello, and welcome to the RC Roundtable. We expect another fun-filled episode with me, myself, Fitzwalker, and joining me is Lee Ray. Hello. And not joining us is not Terry Dunn. Terry Dunn is gone. He is. He blew this taco stand. He's out in the middle of the woods playing with the bears or something. <laughs> something. All I know, he sent us a picture and said, hey, look where I am. And I see lots of trees and a lake and, uh, was it a log cabin or something? He was uh, could be. I don't know. But I didn't see any RC stuff, so I think I he's didn't slacking. I either. Yeah, he is slacking. Oh, that lake just looked perfect for something to be floating or flying over it. He's got boats. He should have brought a boat. Yeah, really. I'll have to give us uh, the uh, explanation of his malfeasance when he comes back. Yeah, something about family time. I mean, what the heck, man? The <laughs> family shmamly. You're <laughs> <laughs> the family 24 hours a day. Come on, have some fun. So I, it's He'll be back by the time he hears this, so he has no idea what we're saying. But I'm, I hope he's having a good day today. Enjoying the, the great outdoors while we're sitting here in a hot studio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my hot room because the air conditioner is dying. Oh, man. It is hot in Texas. Oh, man, yes. Every time I walk outside, it feels like I'm uh, about to burst into flames. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, well, while Terry is enjoying himself in the great white north. My brother and I used to say that drowning in beer was like heaven, eh? Now he's not here, and I got two soakers. This isn't heaven, this sucks. We will attempt to have a decent show for you guys, which is us two. Hopefully you won't gouge your eyes out and gnaw your arm off to escape. <laughs> keep your eyes on the road. <laughs> <laughs> keep the bark bag handy. All right. Let's get going. Let's not bore them any further with our strange conversation. Uh, we have stuff to talk about. All right. Well, we've got the news. Uh, news of this week. Uh, a couple of surprises, as usual. Newsflash. What do you say? I was thinking the same thing. And here's Fitz Walker with the news. <laughs> Fitz? Well, thank you, Lee. Here, first up, we've got the Real Flight 9. You like to fly? You can fly just like the real thing on your computer at home. Amazing. <laughs> I, I kind of feel like, what, what do they call the people who make all the audio sounds? What's that uh, term? Uh, Foley? Foley artists? Foley artists, yeah. I should be making some noise back Watch out for that hanger. There we have little Jimmy and his simulator. <laughs> oh, man. This show has gone off the rails. See what else? When Terry's out here to anchor us, we're just way off into left field. I think Terry's writing his resignation letter right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was not involved in the making of this podcast. <laughs> I hereby henceforth uh, remove myself from the, any acknowledgement of participating in RC Roundtable. Oh, yeah. Oh, Real Fight 9. <laughs> okay. Get back as soon as possible. Real Fight Niner is out. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have no idea this was coming, but I guess not. shouldn't be surprised. They update this thing periodically. Uh, they looks like um, a new transmitter, first of all. New transmitter model. Yeah. 
looks, it looks wired. It says, I think, didn't they say like 14 channels or 12 channels or something? I saw something when I was looking at the specs. You know, I didn't, I didn't see that, but I didn't, you know, this is the first time I think it actually says Spectrum, you know, on it. The oh, other ones yeah. used to just be, uh, gosh, I have one here somewhere. I think you just said real flight on it. Didn't I you? have like three transmitters here. And my kid just <laughs> smashed one into pieces the other day, and I'm I was desperately trying to glue it back together, and I just kind of gave up. But anyway, but yeah, I like the new um, the new Spectrum DX simulator transmitter. Yeah, here it is. It says 15 channel capability. Yeah, it had a lot of switches up there. Yeah, wow, that's that's really nice. They call it an Interlink DX. Uh, maybe there's slides on the back because I'm looking at the switches and that doesn't seem like yeah. a lot. So maybe there's uh, sliders in the back. Got to be some slides. I wonder if there's any mixing in it or something. That's uh, interesting. I guess they're trying to modernize the transmitter look. Uh, I noticed, of course, with the new Real Flight 9, there's a bunch of new aircraft. I... <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean so to funny. laugh over you. I was just, I was laughing. As, as soon as you said that, I was like, it's just basically a, an, a, an advertisement for Horizon Hobby. Uh, Try yeah. before you fly. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that, but it is their simulator, so you know whatever. But yeah, it's basically look at all the new Horizon Hobby planes we've added into it. <laughs> uh, I, mean, they, I think they it's even fun. had the new cargo plane. Yes, I saw you, you caught that, didn't you? Yeah, they they really got things sped up for that. So they yeah they were right on a ball on the, on the new stuff to have it. <laughs> Save yourself five hundred dollars. Get the flight simulator <laughs> of the cargo plane. <laughs> Um, something about a virtual flight instructor. Are you familiar with that? I don't think my version has that, or I never used it. I'm just, I'm assuming that's just either audio or a person, a little window in the corner that says, okay, now to, you know, to lift up on the elevator, see this little stick right here? You know, I don't, I'm assuming it might be a little uh, video. I didn't see it on the actual multimedia presentation on their slide, but, mm. uh, yeah, I mean, it's probably just a little course, you uh, know, instructional course. 40 different flying sites, 160 aircraft. It'll take you a while to scroll through. Um, flexi field, so you can edit fields or add your own fields. There wasn't. It says flexi field site editor. Oh wow! I suppose you can add your own field. It's funny about that. I was talking when I was visiting up in Connecticut with Mark Thompson. He mentioned uh, he'd like to do something like that. Make his make his own field and put it to um, real flight. Uh, let's see, optional adapter cable for other transmitters, so you can use your own transmitter if you want. Now, we have that. Uh, to give you a quick little rundown on, on our flight simulator, we currently yeah. have eight. And it's what's interesting is that well, I bought it for Austin for Christmas, and we've had it for a while, but his uh, we tried to install it on his computer. And although plugging in his transmitter, it would identify, and you could calibrate it in windows as soon as we start started real flight we kept getting the error that it couldn't see the controller we went through this for months and finally i, I called horizon hobby and had a, a nice conversation with customer service and we went over and over and i told him everything we did and finally i told him I said look tomorrow i'm going to wipe his drive you know we backed it up we just kind of figured he was having some other dll issues with his system files so we we wiped his drive put a new copy of windows 10 and it worked Hmm. But the problem was I wanted to restore his old data because he had so many applications on his on, on the backup. So we, we talked about it, and the, the they sent us one of the dongles, the little wireless dongles you can get for your own transmitters. Well, they needed to, you needed to replace it one? Or something? Uh, well, no, no. We had the actual wired transmitter. So this uh, this is the little little remote dongle you plug into a USB port, and it connects to your personal transmitter. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, I had that, that for the drum sim I have from them. Okay. Well, that worked. I mean, that, in fact, so I was going to say the transmitter, his interlink transmitter wasn't working, but the dongle did end up working. Hmm. Uh, and then after a whole bunch of other tweaks and changes and finally got him, a, you know, <laughs> the, the computer thing went into way different areas than I was hoping, but we got a new hard drive and all that jazz and, um, <laughs> you know, and, and we basically just reinstalled everything from scratch and now it is working. It's working fine. Uh, the only downside was I was noticing on the, the site here that if you had ordered real flight uh you know after july 15th was it there's a little note down here that if you got it after july 15th the dx9 um, excuse me rf9 uh upgrade was free yeah and i was like oh awesome but i won't be able to apply for that so i'm kind of toying with the idea do i want to get real flight 9 right now or we're we just gonna hang out for one more version wait for rf10 or rfx <laughs> <laughs> however they decide to label it wait for the major upgrade or uh uh lisa Round nice yeah. round number ten, yeah. And by the way, I'm gonna. I, I mean, you. It's like I'm asking the wrong person on how to pronounce something. But I'm assuming it's Eli Field, not Ellie Field. The the but something they pointed out here, oh, and I thought yeah. it was really nice. But they said that uh, now they now have Eli Field on the the flight simulator. So that's one of those photographic real or realistic fields. And boy, that looks neat. And I was like, I've never seen that field before. I didn't know it was a Horizon Hobby field. Uh, and maybe I've seen it, you know, just on the, from the runway for all their reviews yeah. and stuff. But when I saw the whole panorama, I was like, man, I, that's what I want to build. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, I see it in one of their videos or part of it. I guess I just never saw the whole thing <laughs> until I looked it up. So I was like, dang, that's a that's a neat looking place. So anyway, I digress. Go back to go back to the software. Uh, I did notice that they are now talking about compatible with VR headsets. I don't know if that was an eight or not. <clears throat> Yeah, something about um, and possibly head tracking. I'm not sure if that's just something that was built in to, I mean, that the simulator head, head tracking in the software. But I, I noticed the word head tracking in there. I was like, oh, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know how new that is, but they're talking to Oculus Rift and HTC Vive, which are, of course, are two popular ones. Well, didn't Jim tell us something about that? That they was doing head tracking in VR headsets. Oh, with... that's right. I think he said they were toying, playing with that. I, I have never attempted that, so I mean mm. we have headsets, but nothing nothing that the virtual you know like looking through a flight simulator. Uh, but anyway, it looks cool. I mean I think it's always worth getting the newer version, and uh, I'm just going to say it now: if you're new to our podcast or if you're new to the hobby, Real Flight is a really nice software. I I support it 100. percent My son, my oldest son Austin, that's pretty much how he learned to fly and how he soloed on an apprentice. So, and, and you know what? Gosh, I fly just for fun anyway. I mean, and I got to admit, I do it, you know, to see what crazy things I can do. Like, you know, do the little tow plane maneuver and then fly inverted all the way around to altitude <laughs> <laughs> you know, with, the, with a glider, you know, or make emergency release. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun and, and you can't go wrong. It is worth the price. And if you have your own transmitter you like and you can get the dongle, you know, save a couple of bucks and get the $99 version. Yeah, I, I actually had a really interesting conversation when I was guesting on the Freefall RC podcast, and uh, we talked about simulators. And uh, the modern simulators are so good that you can really learn to fly on them uh, pretty co- confidently uh, before even ever touching a real plane. And I especially seen that with helicopters, too. A guy, uh, One time I saw a guy had came out to the field and started flying around, asking, oh, how long have you been flying helicopters? He's like, oh, I don't know, just, uh, just like my second flight. And he was, you know, Flying, hovering just fine, doing some forward flight. I was like, wait a minute, that can't be right. And he said, well, I have a simulator. So I've been playing on a simulator for months. 
And so, ah, okay. So uh, simulators are great. Even if you're experienced, practice new maneuvers. Uh, I, I've done it. Every once in a while, I'll pop mine open and I say, I need to try something new or I learn about a new maneuver I wanted to try. And so I'll try it a few times on a simulator to get the kind of get the muscle memory in and then try it on the real one. So, uh, and they're a lot of fun. And especially, I like flying all the odd, oddball aircraft too. Like, oh, this is out of VTOL with 10 engines and uh, movable wings and uh, all kinds of you know, warp drive. Let's try this one. Well, I get to fly like a five, six hundred dollar helicopter and not worry about after I smash it in the ground, you know. And, and I'll, I'll get my fill of flying a helicopter and say, "Okay, I'm gl- I'm I'm back to airplanes <laughs> or, or real airplanes." <laughs> yeah, um, they talk a little bit about the physics, but they didn't say if it was updated the physics or not. That's one key thing about simulators is how good the physics model is, and uh, they're really good nowadays. But uh, I remember back in the old days. Depending on something you got, physics can be a little bit wonky. <laughs> well, and here's this is this is the opening the the table here to discussion. It has uh, you know wind features. It has like you know failures, flight failures. But and I don't know where this conversation is going. But if you could add another feature, like some type of realistic feature to flight simulator that you don't think it has right now, what would it be? Wait, say that again. If you could add another realistic feature to flight simulator you know some kind of uh, i'm not saying not necessarily a flight failure but uh, something that's more realistic to what you feel or or see when you're flying what would it be and if i have to help i'll i'll start with my idea Mm. it's like i i think i would like to have one where you have an aircraft where you can force the cg wrong where you can actually say push the cg back too far and then try to fly the plane and then have a person see what a plane looks like when it's trying to fly with the cg in the wrong position so that people can say, okay, I'm flying this plane. You know what? It looks like it's t- dropping its tail like it did in the flight simulator when I had the CG wrong. You see what I'm saying? And I mean, I, some people don't, don't see that. I, it took me years to figure it out. But now yeah. that I do, I can see someone flying. And you, you and I have done this all the time. We watch video, crash videos and you go, hey, that guy was tail heavy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he may not realize it because maybe he's new to it or something. But I was thinking that might be kind of nice to add these little, you know, realistic functions. And also, uh, some people don't uh, balance their aircraft laterally. So <laughs> I don't you, think I've ever balanced aircraft laterally except a glider no. many years ago. Oh well, I mean, I mean, sometimes I mean, I know I have an airplane that I've had to add weight to a wingtip, mm. and that's probably because I built it wrong, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, I mean, so I don't know if you could if you can simulate that or not. And you know what? That's probably not a big deal. But I'm just throwing some ideas out there. Any, no, anything good. spur in your head about you know other little features or or an unbalanced prop? Could you? Make, it'd be great if you could have it sound wrong <laughs> when it flies by. It's like that doesn't sound right. You know, it's like, and then you have to like do the little checkbox check balance on prop check and then it sounds good uh, you know it's like do, do your little flight uh, checklist you know before you take off well yeah you spurred two things then uh, after you mentioned those things one is a variable thrust line having changing the thrust line of the engine so you can see what effects ah, that has i like that i like that okay good i got you <laughs> <laughs> and you talk about variable cg how about if your whole engine assembly just gets thrown off the plane <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's that. What do they call it? The little uh, uh, flight failure mode. You know, but yeah, just add that other one. Engine falls off, right? Which I've had happen. So this is a realistic scenario. I've had a. I think I told you a long story, but a long time ago, I had a, a P fifty one Alpha, an Alpha P fifty one, where the prop came off, 
And boy, the CG changed dramatically. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, that thing snap rolled and I couldn't recover. So, yeah, but anyway, that's, that's a weird flight failure. That didn't happen often. But yeah. I, like the, I like the idea of a CG uh, issue. Or if not necessarily something you can do for all planes, maybe just in a training mode. To, to like in the virtual instructor, yeah, say, yeah. This is this is what it's like to fly a plane that's you know, and because it'll snap really quick, you know, stuff like that. Oh, oh, you just gave me an idea. Something, something that an old flight instructor would told me once that he would do to his students. Um, say it just has some sort of training mode or instructor mode. I like to do a flight where it randomly changes the trim on one of the control surfaces. And you have to retrim it after you take off. You don't know it until you take off, and then it trims out of whack. And so it'll teach you how to fly and adjust the trim at the same time. Hmm. Okay. I yeah. think there's a plethora of ideas out there, yeah. and hopefully this. Is, and and I think what it's nice about you know talking about this is we come up with these ideas. Hopefully someone hears it. That goes into the next version. You know, and I think that's why our real flight has done so well. It it keeps getting better. Yeah. But if any of these ideas are implemented, we expect some royalties from. Uh. <laughs> well, and you know what? I'm it's it's going to be awful, and, and this happens to me a lot. But I could be actually saying this whole thing about you know, if I were to pick one, I'd say to do the CG. Yeah. And I bet they've already they, that's what's in RF nine. <laughs> you know, they've already done it. Yeah, <laughs> good point. Like the virtual instructor. That's the first lesson. Let's talk about CG. <laughs> yeah, if Jim's listening, that he's screaming. We've already done that, you dimwits. <laughs> but if not, I hope he goes. Hmm. Rub his little beard. And goes, hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think I'll uh, we'll put that in there. And it's just one of those things to help new pilots. You know, CG yeah. is a big issue. I always make my son focus on that. I've I've had a plane I just you know forgot or 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 changed a battery and didn't think about it. And boy, it, it's different. Yeah, and and yeah. you know what? The f- great thing you just said about thrust line will be something I talk about later on my Corsair. So remind me to, to touch on that. That's a very that actually come we can come full circle on that. Oh, well, indeed. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, I just looked at the transmitter, and sure enough, it's got little sliders on the back. So yeah, they really made a fancy dance. Now I'm going to want one of these transmitters. <laughs> <laughs> Darn all, it. all by design. All by design. Uh, you know, it's funny. I'm thinking about that. I, I, I'm not. I'm not giving credit to Terry, but you know, I, I love my DX9 radio. It's been really good. It's a great workhorse. But I'm starting to itch for a new transmitter. Get something like uh, what is it? IX36. <laughs> IX thirty six. Whatever. <laughs> I, I'm not sold on the IXs yet. I don't know. I, uh, but anyway, I I will be looking for a new transmitter soon. We'll we'll follow up on that maybe uh, by the end of this year. Anything else on the RF nine? Uh, no, I think that's it. I think we beat that into the ground. Okay. Cool. Cool stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. We're good. <laughs> and by the way, when I was troubleshooting Austin's problems with RF8 on his computer, I brought it to my computer just to make sure it works. You know, I was like, will it work on my computer? Make sure, you know, the software and the controller's right. You know, yeah. six hours later, <laughs> it's working great. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you get on it and you just get hooked and you play for a long, long time. So, yeah, good stuff. Oh, cool beans. All right, so I'm going to like go take a coffee break because this next uh, topic we're going to talk about, pff, you don't need me. Just make sure you wipe the drool off your microphone. Yeah. Okay, it's clean. This is all you, man. Go for it. <laughs> oh, me, come on. You got it. Oh, yeah, some. this is no. It, it's no. I just, it's, it's Fitz hour. Go. <laughs> well, you guys are always chiming about my love for uh, access and specifically Japanese aircraft. 
Because they're awesome and it's well deserved. <laughs> Traitor. Because <laughs> <laughs> I like, dare to be different, man. Oh, uh, I got to say, I, I was impressed with this too. So. Yes. Uh, Hangar 9 has a new Warbird out. And this is. Okay, this is really surprising too. For even for me, because they've announced an 88 inch Key 43 Oscar. This is uh, the Japanese uh, army plane. Uh, and uh, just surprising they would choose this subject. You know, you think another Zero or P 51 or something like that. But they chose one of the kind of lesser known models that, that played a significant role in the air war in the Pacific. Uh, this was basically kind of the Army Zero. This was a very lightweight fighter, uh, very maneuverable. However, it was under-armed and under-armored, so it was uh, not exactly the best thing to be flying around in. But uh, it's it, they made a lot of them, and they served an important role uh, in the war. And so it was interesting to see the one pop out that this big and that this much attention was spent on. And uh, it's really, really nice. Uh, I can't say I'm a, really a big fan of the camo, but that's that's an actual camo the Japanese used. Uh, they use it, in, the army used it in several of their planes. I always thought it was weird, but uh, still, it's really neat. It's got drop tanks. It's got. They've designed it really for either electric or gas, and a, a whole slew of different gas. They're actually advertising the three-cylinder Sato 90 as. Uh, one of the power options, which looks really nice. I wouldn't mind having one of those engines myself. In fact, I saw one uh, this past weekend, um, and I guess our the guy we know, what's his name, has a steerman flies with one of those. We see at the fly-ins here locally. Uh, was it Butch? Well, I'm, I'm not sure. We got a lot of steermans, but yeah. I mean, I, the only well, no, that was a stop with the guy had a uh, Moki on that, but uh, okay. Yeah, Spearman. it's a yeah. neat sounding engine, three cylinder. It's uh, really, really nice. I wouldn't mind having one myself. Uh, and of course, but the, it's nice that they made provisions for electric, since I, I also fly a big electric zero, uh, although this one's bigger. Uh, and they're talking about using the Rimfire 65, which I thought was interesting because that's a tower, that's a great planes tower hobbies motor, on 12 cells, which is pretty much exactly what I run my zero on. Uh, six, uh, two success in series, 7,000 milliamp hour. Or equivalent 60cc engine. So uh, you got lots of options there as well. Looks like they've got a lot of space in a cowl for whatever we want. One disappointment. And you will agree with me, Lee. Uh, I agree with you. Good. <laughs> what? Air retracts. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm only because I'm having problems with mine, but that's... <laughs> I mean, a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of people have had success, so it's, yeah. it's one of those you know love-hate relationships. Yeah, they're, they're popular. Uh, but they probably just don't have electric retracts this big in-house for, for something like this. Probably why they went that way. Uh, that said, don't know how much more I can say about it. It's got a nice big uh, hatch on the top for easy access to everything. It's like a third of the fuselage gets removed from the hatch. Or more, <laughs> uh, which is nice. So easy access, everything. Some drop tanks. Uh, videos of it flying look really nice. Really nice handling. Uh, which is typical of Japanese planes. They usually got really nice moments, relatively like wing loadings, because uh, the real ones were had small engines, uh, and so it didn't have a whole lot of horsepower. Cockpit detail, uh, really really nice. I mean, really, despite my minor nitpicks, really kudos to Hangar Nine for coming out with this subject. That's really fantastic. 
All right, but if I if I gave you the the kit, the ARF kit, and put it on your doorstep, yeah, are you going gas or are you going electric? <clears throat> oh, I'd have to meditate on that one. I don't Man, know. I I I don't. I mean, I'm torn. <laughs> I'm actually me, really torn on this. It's such a big plane. Yeah, I, I think electric would <laughs> it'd be like. <clears throat> <laughs> this flies by foot. <laughs> I don't know. I like it with the sound. I think for the plane this big, I, the sound is is needed. Yeah, especially and, that three cylinder engine, a multi cylinder. Yeah. I'd be heavily influenced with going multi cylinder and something like this. I know the price is is steep, but man, yeah. I think you'd have to go gas on that sucker. This would not be cheap. There's a the no. combo price, uh, which includes the th- yeah combo with the retracts. The three-cylinder Sato in a plane, they're talking 2600 bucks on it. But you save 150 Yeah. Well, there you go. It's uh, dinner for two at uh, some fancy restaurant. Oh, man. How many credit cards do you need to <laughs> really? divide up? No. How many kidneys do you need to pawn off? To? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, man, that would be really nice, though. Well, you know what? This is what, <laughs> it's not like picking what's your, what's your favorite child. But, <laughs> Since I don't, I don't hear what I was thinking I'd hear from you about this plane, because I really kind of thought you would go, oh, yeah, I like that. But since you didn't like the paint scheme, I'm starting to see where the, the, the point system's dropping. <laughs> but I was, I was just curious, at like, how many planes would you sell to acquire this configuration, you know, to get $2,600? But it doesn't sound like you're that interested in the aircraft. Uh, I, I am, you know... Um... Well, it's big and expensive, and <laughs> like women. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, two point? things. Um, I, I've been saving my pennies for something else that's expensive, so I can only have so many expensive planes to fly. And Wait, also, you know what that thing is, or is this a? <laughs> uh, you'll see later. It's a. Oh. It's a secret. Okay. All right. I'll uh, my second. Um, I don't think it's, well, I don't know if it fit my car. <laughs> Wait, did you see the completion guide? Is there like a trailer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> U-Haul. Trailer the completion guide includes the lo- number to your local U-Haul deal, uh, yeah. rental place. Is it, is it the same trailer you get for that huge glider they have? <laughs> <laughs> uh, now the wings are split in two, which is nice. So you don't have a huge wings to deal with, but I don't know how long the fuselage is. I didn't, it's probably in here somewhere. Um... Plus, I've got a couple other big Japanese planes as well. So I've already got three giant Japanese planes. Another one I just don't have the room for. Um, okay, well, let me, let, me, let me approach you this direction. If you, if you had, excuse me, if Hangar 9 released another aircraft with almost the same specs, large, big radial, you know, pneumatics, you know, Japanese... Which one would you say I'm buying? Which model? And a large one? Yeah. If it was like this size and, you know, beautiful ARF, well done, but it came in a different model type, which one would you want? Uh, a Tony would be at the top of my list. Okay. So we just have to, I have to go call Hangar 9 right now and <laughs> get to work on the Tony. Got to work on Tony. And then we'll, we'll ha- have an updated podcast. Or, uh, yeah, Tony, or I already have a Dina. A big Dina would be cool. Or... Uh, then I can torture 25. you. <laughs> <on the podcast. laughs> All right, Fitz. Now, what are you selling <laughs> to get the pony? Uh, but, you know, if I didn't already have a slew of stuff, this would be very tempting. Uh, it'd be nice if they had like a 60 size one. 
that I'd probably way. get. Yeah, and if you got a 60 size one, you'd go electric, right? Yeah, yeah, I'd go yeah. electric. Well, I like this plane. I mean, I, I thought the, the flight video was good. It, it flew nice and slow. This is something I'd love to see at an event, at a Warbird event. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. you always see the zeros, but this is unique. So Yeah, it is. And it's great. Like I said, it's great that they came up with this subject. Uh, it's it's very rarely modeled. There was a 25 electric size some years ago. I should have picked up, but I never did. Um, it was all wood. It was nice. Seemingly nice. Uh, but, again, it's pretty rare to see this, so fantastic cool well if you got some bucks to lay down i i'm promoting the twenty six hundred dollar package yeah get the whole go big or go done. home right yeah there you go but what was the lowest price for just the plane itself uh 1200 was it i don't have it up do you remember new airplane releases let me grab it real quick do 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 click 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 11 yeah 1200 dollars. okay yeah so 1200 for the airframe by itself uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you gotta really want it, but yeah. the videos look like it flies really good, which is not surprising, so. <laughs> if you can't afford that, there's the Top Flight Giant Zero, <laughs> ready to cover, for $700, there you go, <laughs> if you still have to uh, stay with your Axis plan. Yeah. <clears throat> but I have a Zero already, don't need another Zero, Maybe. Actually, I have part of a zero. <laughs> I have a Dave Platt pieces of a zero. Have, What's that? I have a zero. You do? I do have a fly zone zero. Oh. Oh, didn't know that. Huh. My, my buddy Terry, you know that guy? He gave me that plane. Cool. Get that sucker flying. I, I have. It's it's a fun flying plane. Great on 4S, by the way. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. I think a club member right. had one, too. All right, last thing. Oh, shoot. You know what I'm thinking? You know, I, I look at my drones and I'm thinking, you know what that needs? More weapons. No, just just weapons. Hopefully you don't have any weapons right now. <laughs> Adding more would be bad. <laughs> Flamethrowers, machine guns, plasma rifles. That's what my drone needs. But unfortunately, we've got the FAA in a way. And there's... <laughs> they're, they're the problem? They're the problem. <laughs> I don't think so. But continue on. So apparently it's such a problem. They sent down an email and saying, you know what? Drones and weapons, they don't mix. And they start quoting some sort of rules and regulations and blah, 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 section 363 of, of subsection 5 of whatever. So, unfortunately, Party Poopers FAA, if you're planning on weaponizing your UASs, don't do it. Unless it's authorized by an administrator. So, uh, I'll get the email. They're saying, um, don't put dangerous weapons on automatic air systems. According to um, Section 363 of the FAA rules, and it's funny, I looked up, well, what is a dangerous weapon? So they point to another section, 930G2 of Title 18 of the United States Code, and the term dangerous weapon means a weapon, device, instrument, material, or substance, animate or inanimate. What is an animate substance? Like a, a person that explodes? that is used for or readily capable of causing death or serious bodily injury, except that such term does not include a pocket knife with a blade less than two and a half inches in length. All right, so we can arm our suckers with uh, our drones two with... Two-inch blades. Two-inch blades. <laughs> that's, that's line, them, line them up with like a hundred Swiss Army two-inch blades. Yes, and a little spinny thing, so it like uh, spins around really fast with two-inch blades, so... 
Well, you mean your your multi-rotor blades aren't dangerous enough? Couldn't you just swap all those blades out with Swiss Army? You know, I was thinking the same thing. These things got sometimes much more than two-inch blades on them. I mean, and after Terry showed us that video of the drone racing, I would not want to get popped in the head. <laughs> yeah, that would hurt. <laughs> now, in all seriousness, I if you if you've been a long-time listener, I'm not I'm not an anti-drone person. I have one. Uh, and I, you know, I don't like to use that word. I use usually say multi rotor or quadcopter, whatever the, the situation. I just don't like the word drone uh, because it, this, in fact, this letter that came from the FAA just kind of continues the whole criminalization of our hobby by using that word. And and you know, every time they say the word drone, they show a multi rotor. And I'm just I'm hoping they, they they need to do a better job of separating the two. But you know what? You can also weaponize aircraft. So I'm not going to say the FAA is not doing the right thing, but it's almost like handing someone a laser pointing and say, don't poke this in your eye or don't point this in your eye, you know, or handing them a knife and saying, you know, hold this end. You're, you're doing some basic stuff here. And it just it makes me frustrated that we have to tell people, don't be stupid with your multi-rotor. Yes. This is why we can't but, have nice things. But that darn guy, and I saw the video too, um, <laughs> Sorry, I got distracted with another funny video, but I'll come to that one in a second. But, you know, there was this kid who put Roman candles on a quadcopter and started shooting around the backyard at, at people. Yeah. I mean, what the heck, dude? And, and of course, my, my first reaction is this is going to affect everybody and those of us who fly fixed-wing aircraft and, and, you know, at a flying field. And we shouldn't get the bans because someone's being a complete jerk idiot. Yeah. Well, you saw there's uh, another video. guy put a handgun on his. That was many years ago, and didn't he get... Didn't he get either arrested or go to court on that? No, I don't know. I have no idea what happened. To yeah, that case was really bad, and and you know he was just trying to push. I mean, he was like intentionally trying to push the limit, and he he, he found it. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but I was also thinking about uh, that that funny. I'm sorry, I thought it was hilarious. It's funny. Uh, the guy who dropped a chicken with a parachute. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Yeah, I, I, I was Good. like. <laughs> I mean, if he had done it several times trying to kill the chickens, you know, on purpose, then I'd have a problem with it. But darn it, that was just one of the funniest things I saw, especially when the chicken just ran away. And and maybe he really took the time to do it, but I digress. We're not going to talk about all the space dogs and cats and monkeys we put in the space, right? Oh, yeah, (laughs) exactly. All for the, you know, welfare of human life. But anyway. I know uh, all the ones the Russians did died. Yeah, well... Let's <laughs> anyway, boy, this is getting morbid. <laughs> Don't put knives or guns or fire or bombs on your aircraft or multi rotor, please. Just don't do it. Guns PSA. Are... <laughs> and the more you know, Ding. you ruin it for everybody. <laughs> and of course, I'm waiting for CNN to put this picture they put. Oh my god, it should make me so angry. I mean, they wait, the, the way they made that lettering, did you see the picture? Yeah, it was a, in the email. There was a drone that X through it. I know, but it's also had the, the big bold letters and, you know, I don't know. I mean, it, it, weaponized. It's all caps. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and, and the fact is, there's no weapon on there. Yeah, so, I noticed you that. Know, there's just a big X on a quadcopter. It's like, no and, drones? What are they talking? you got big signals and, here. Was it Ryzen? Maybe it's filled with Ryzen. We just can't see know. it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an inanimate uh, you know, substance inside the drone. Well, my eyes rolled back in the back of my head when I when Fitz told me about it. I didn't I hadn't didn't check the email yet, and when I opened it, I went, "Ah, oh, not again." Yeah, jeez. All right. Not well, there's again. your news. <laughs> all right. Well, while we all go weaponize our drones, let's go uh, take a quick break and be right back. <laughs> 
So, Terry, you've been kind of quiet. All right, we'll come back to you. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe he's in the bathroom. <laughs> so, last weekend, uh, or two weekends ago, uh, Lee and I, we went to a yet another indoor event, this time at a school over in the Sugarland area of Houston, Texas. It was, uh, what was it, Lee, to Fort Bend? Yeah, you, you can't do that because Sugarland is going to get all mad at you. Because you know that's their land. Oh, <laughs> they they don't include themselves in Houston. Fine, Houston <laughs> suburb. <laughs> tell us, tell us about it. Oh well, you were the one who told me about it. Said, hey, by the way, you going to this indoor event? I said, what event? And then, <laughs> uh, so Fort Bend RC had an indoor event over at Dulles High School, and I've only been to a handful of indoor events, and the first one I ever went to was like in a church gym or something like that. And uh, this one at Dulles, they had two, was it two gyms? Yeah, two yeah, gymnasiums. Two gyms. Yep. One like had the air conditioning running at full blast. Uh, one wasn't. And, and then you had all the obstacles like basketball nets and stuff. It was, a, <laughs> it was like a little race course. <laughs> <laughs> and, and sadly, I, I, uh, I met one of those obstacles on the first flight. <laughs> so uh, it's hard to judge that distance from the wall. But the walls had these little columns that came out like about a foot. You know, this little edge. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was flying my indoor uh, thunder and lightning that my buddy Terry, you know Terry. Uh, Terry made me this awesome little UMX thunder and lightning. It flies awesome until you smack the corner of the wing into that column and it spins down and falls on its nose and smashes the, the nose into several pieces. But I was having fun up to that point. <laughs> uh, but gosh, I brought, what, four or five planes? You what did you bring, a, Fitz? You brought a lot. I, I brought a Night Vapor, a little quad one of the little tiny blade quads and something else oh yeah the blade 230s just came out which will be a review in upcoming park flyer magazine oh wonderful yes i i, I didn't review anything oh. <laughs> i just brought brought me and austin austin and i came out there uh, austin brought uh, let's see what did he bring i'm looking at some of the photos here he brought a really cheesy little plane that's uh, that's infrared driven. Oh yeah, <laughs> the control, the visible control line plane. Do you remember that the name of that plane? Uh no, I don't. Oh, uh, so <laughs> but the funny thing was, you get about fifteen feet away, and the plane just falls. You know? <laughs> so we we told him, we encouraged him, said, "Why don't you walk behind it?" And and then it was exercise because we had Austin running around the whole gym just trying to make the plane fly straight because he had to stay so close uh, to the airplane. Oh, well, I liked uh, it when he was flying circles around himself. It looked like an invisible control line plane. <laughs> so yeah, that was kind of silly. But I think the the be- I mean, the plane that he brought that he wanted to play, uh, fly the most was his little UMX Timber. That thing is awesome. Good little play. It looked like he just barely had enough room to fly it, but he was able to do it. Yeah, there's there's like a lot of NASCAR in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's how I was flying. Like my, I brought my little F twenty two that I picked up. In fact, at an indoor flying event when we went to E Fest in Chicago, uh, that F twenty two was just making left turns the whole time. But sadly, when I went to land, because this is this is a pusher plane, mm. uh, the prop kind of comes underneath, and that little GWS prop just shattered into pieces. So. I was already down two planes uh, the first flight, so wasn't things weren't going well for me. <laughs> yeah, high attrition rate. Uh, but it was fun. I mean, it, we had a good time. There was uh, about, what, uh, 11, 12 pilots? Was, I was going to ask you if you had a count. I thought maybe about a dozen, but I didn't get a good count. Yeah, I mean, maybe a dozen is a good number. Yeah. And there were some really cool planes. We, <laughs> some funny. In fact, I'm looking at some photos that were given to me. And by gosh, I'm sorry I don't have the guy's name on top of me because I've been texting uh, the fellows. Uh, who sent me the photos, but I'll be posting some photos uh, or they'll be 
already posted by the time this podcast comes out of a photographer that was out there and we had a nice little chat and he was just doing this for the club where I think his brother-in-law was a club member and there's there's a great shot of a, a plane stuck in one of the basketball nets and if you want to find the resourcefulness of pilots to retrieve the airplanes, man, that was a great. Yeah. <laughs> it says, I don't know if you left for the second one, but when this plane got stuck, we found a long PVC pipe and popped it out. But when this 3D pilot was flying in the gymnasium with the air conditioning running, he got stuck in the rafters. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. So they went around and son of a gun, this school had one of those uh, scissor lifts. <laughs> and they wheeled it all the way in. I didn't have my camera ready. I was charging a battery saving, but they went in there, pulled it down, and you know, got back to flying. So oh, awesome. Nothing was lost that day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh people running it were very accommodating with the school. They they we, there was a hallway we were in that had the lights were turned off and they were they went and got found the special keys to turn the lights on. Uh they were they were willing to move tables around and chairs. They had power outlets and some uh they even had um power strips for us to use. Music, you had a DJ uh, for music. Well, stuff. wasn't it the ROTC that was putting it on? They had a junior ROTC there as well, helping mm-hmm. us shuttle stuff from the cars and just being uh, gophers and really uh, attentive to our needs. So really well done production. Uh, kudos to the Fort Bend RC Club for holding that and for uh, well organization of it. And I told him, I said, guys, please let us know. I gave him my email and so forth. I said, next time you have an event like this, yeah. call us. We'll, we'll get the word out and we'll, we'll come back. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I've already started repairs on my thunder and lightning, so it's ready to go back in the air again. Now that said, they may have some competition a little bit. Um, I was funny. I had happened to have a conversation with a, a coworker, one of the uh, people I kind of work with on another contract, different company, but I work with him, and uh, he's a RC guy. He says, "Hey, my wife works at a school, and I've been asking them about if we could use their school for doing some indoor flying." And uh, he got back to me, says that he, apparently he's gotten permission, and now he's just trying to set up, schedule it. And so he wants to open up another indoor flying uh, uh, arena in the Houston area. Uh, although this looks like it's going to be opposite side in the Baytown area. So um, it's probably a bit of a clip for you. Uh, but just want to let him announce it here that there is another area that they're looking to do. And I'll, I'll give more details as I know them. I don't have anything specifics. But it does look like it may be sometime next month in September that they'll do the first one. Well, isn't our friend Nathan out there in Baytown? Uh, no, I thought he's further than Baytown, wasn't he? Oh, well, he's at least he's that direction. Yeah, <laughs> he's closer than me. Uh, but I think yeah, I think he's but it, yeah, he's that side of town, so it should be a pretty short trip for him. Yeah, east side. Yeah, east side of Houston. So, so. Fort Bend's on the west side of Houston. This is on the east side of Houston, so they really shouldn't interfere with each other too much. Uh, well, just so you know, I called NRG to figure out how much it would cost to rent out the stadium. Did you really? They said something like $2 million, so I think we're going to be you know, out oh. of pocket for that, unless we can raise some funds. Oh, man, that's a lot of pilots. <laughs> Go fund totally me. kidding. I mean, it, it would just be awesome if we could open up the Astrodome. <laughs> it would. It's like the best, best indoor flying <laughs> possible. <laughs> and and those guys are just hoarding. I don't know. Maybe it's just too much asbestos and they're not letting us know. But, man, that would be awesome to open up the Astrodome for yeah. indoor fly event. $2 million. Oh, uh. that'd be great. But speaking of events, we got another one coming up. And, boy, I tell you, we're going to keep pounding the uh, the events, or at least the two events that we go to every year for the next few podcasts. Bomberfield, guys. It's coming up, buddy. It's coming up soon, September 18th and 21st through the 21st. Yeah, that's not that much. That's what, three weeks from now? Yeah, it's three weeks, and I am 
man, I am pushing this Corsair to flight ready, right? Flight ready status. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> flight ready. And whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'm working on that. So that'll be, that'll be big for me. I'll still bring my camera gear, but I will be bringing the, the Corsair, hoping to fly with the gaggles and all that jazz. I hope this is not its first and only flight. I'd like to survive the gaggle and survive landings and, and bring it back for another, another day. But Bomberfield guys, it's awesome. Monoville, Texas, go to bomberfieldusa.com. If you like bombers, if you like big planes, it's got nice people, great facilities, you know, sit under the, in the shade, uh, food, porta potties. Come on, guys. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, stadium seating. Yeah, it's five dollars a person for general admission. It's thirty dollars pilot fee, uh, but that's well worth it. I know it's a little steep. Uh, I think you know, but when you come and see all this stuff and you get to walk and look at them all, it's amazing. And there's usually a, a couple of vendors there and people selling stuff. So if you're looking for some good deals, bring some cash. Oh yeah, there's always people there buying and selling. And uh, I think VQ Warbirds will be there, right? Yeah, they'll have their drawings, so I don't know what they're offering up this year, but I'm sure it's going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah, they were real generous last year, so um, by all means. Yeah, so that's Bomber. What else do we have up listed on here? Obviously Best, that's October 4th and 5th. We'll mm. we'll really touch on that probably the next podcast, because that's when we'll be, uh, well, actually the next podcast will be Bomber. I'll have to figure that out. I'll have to look at our schedule. Um, but yeah, we yeah, got, the day uh, before Bomber, yes, it is. Yeah. Looking right at it. So I don't know how that's going to work, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> but hey, Fitz, you have something coming up in September. Yes, I've got another boat float, boat event, whatever you want to call it. Uh, regatta. Flotilla. <laughs> Fitz's fantastic floating flotilla. There you go. <laughs> four cubed. Four quad. Uh, yes. So yes, I, I periodically have a boating event here in uh, South southeast houston roughly uh and it's uh gotten quite popular and uh, it's it's free to all all kinds of boats except for glow powered or fuel powered we can't do that in the park uh and it's coming up on september 7th we do that uh we start in the morning go to about noonish plus or minus there's no hard cut off but that's usually when people start saying okay let's go to lunch we had enough uh and um if you send us an email i can send you a flyer and our email, what's our email address? Well, don't worry about that. If you're listening to the podcast, go to our Facebook page or go to rcroundtable.com. We'll have yeah. a flyer Okay, link. two things. Uh, yes, I'll put up a flyer on our Facebook page. Uh, if you send us an email, I will add you to the mailing list so that I when I announce these things, so you can be on the mailing list. That's what I meant to say. Uh, so I look, we usually leave. Uh, do you think you might make it this time? I'm not sure. You know, you're great I made it last time. <laughs> I'm definitely making it this time because I'll have my tuxter done. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's uh. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, it's real nice. We have we're we're a mixed crowd. I usually throw a couple buoys in the water. So for the sailboats and even last time the powerboat guys were racing around, uh, the buoys in the water and all kinds of neat stuff shows up. Everything from modern uh, speedboats to old timey paddle boats. It's really neat just to see what shows up. It's always different. Every time I, we have this, something new shows up that I hadn't seen before. Uh, so and you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to reach out to Phil and ask him about the little boat racing um, setup he had, find out what the rules and stuff. Yeah. We'll put that on our, our Facebook page. Maybe we'll add it to the, the link for this podcast hmm. on our rcroundtable.com website. But if he can give me that information, because it's the boats you can get at um, Harbor Freight. Yes, yeah. 
And if you feel like just grabbing one of the boats and following the rules and just coming out and having fun, these are great little boats for kids or yourself just to goof off and, you know, hand them to, off to the, the person next to you to say, hey, you want to try this? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll put that up there and see if Phil can give me all the specs. I'm not going to get one. I just spent all my money on my Corsair and my Tugster. Uh, <laughs> but I'll have my boat, I'll have my Tugster out there. So we'll, we'll go retrieve any of the boats that have dead batteries <laughs> or, yes. or lose a, lose a, bl- a propeller. Usually happens. <laughs> we usually have to... Uh, push or tow a boat back in for some various reasons um but the park is really nice it's samuel rodriguez park in the clear lake area you can look it up on the map set to saturday september 7th we hope to see you out there if you're in the houston okay. area i may not be able to make lunch with y'all this time because austin's got an event that night but uh, we'll definitely be there okay fantastic okay uh anything else um yeah. amy coming up yeah, we're both trying to host the show. We can't do that. <laughs> That's crazy talk. We're less organized with two with less people. <laughs> well, that's funny. That's my fault. Me bad. Moo. Go ahead. Uh, Go ahead AMA Expo West is coming up, guys, and that's November first through November fourth. And where is this darn town? It's not Chino. It's Pomona. Pomona. Okay. Point. It's an LA area. LA yeah. uh, we're hoping to be there there's uh we we're, we're working on it guys we're hoping that all three of us will be at the AMA Expo West we're hoping to have a booth there with our banner yeah. and you guys can come and chat with us we we're going to do a lot of live shows and recordings and hopefully get lots of freebies that we'll take home with us yeah. and stuff them in <laughs> yeah. suitcase bags that and hopefully don't break <laughs> 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 it's we should just put a camera on Fitz and just see how his day goes <laughs> It's yes. a strange thing you're shoving into this suitcase. See, California. Hey. I will say, that was funny as heck, though, trying to fit everything in all those suitcases that we got from Expo East. <laughs> we were just, it was like a Tetris puzzle, you know, trying to fit everything in there. But anyway, I digress. Hopefully, guys, if you are you know, into that stuff, this will be my first show at, in, at Expo West, just like it was East this year. So I'd be, I'd like yeah. to, you know, what do you call it? It's uh, full circle? I don't know. There's better. It's. Um, but so we'll, we'll try to get out there. We, we're, we're working on our plans right now. Uh, what else? Yeah. Speaking of that, that, that plane, I have an update on that. We'll talk about it in a, in a minute. Uh, okay. Let's see. Oh, the flight test field, right? Yeah. Edgewater Park is open. For those of you who are flight test fans, they announced it on their website. But they also had a video out earlier where Josh was giving you a little tour of the facilities. If you haven't seen it, I'll, we'll post it on, uh, on a link here. But Edgewater Park is open. I'm a founder, so I'm looking forward to go checking out this facility. And I know Austin is too. And we're hoping that if they, in fact, do Flight Fest Ohio at Edgewater next year, which I, I, I don't know the whole you know the requirements and how many trees you have to cut down <laughs> because they're right in the middle of a golf golf course uh but if they do in fact host it there we will seriously be considering taking a trip out to ohio oh, nice. to to make it to edgewater so you probably convince terry to stay longer than two hours <laughs> yes we'll, we'll get a tent we'll, get a tent. <laughs> we'll, we'll attach a tarp to the side of the building and we'll, Anyway, so yeah, uh, that's it. Looks neat, guys. Go check out the video and uh, congratulations to Flight Test for you know, or Josh, you know, for making his dream come true. And I'm looking forward to seeing more stuff come out of it. You know, they're they're pushing STEM a lot. And they they have a little room there to do a lot of training and stuff, like flight simulator stuff hooked up. 
And, you know, our hobby needs this. We need people like this to, you know, it's, it's different. It's not for everybody. I know there's some older pilots who don't care for the flight test group and so forth. But you know what? With an open mind, you got to you got to consider these guys are keeping our hobby alive. They're getting the youth involved. And I'll, I'll tell you, my son is a prime example of someone who just loves building their aircraft. And he's a really good pilot because of it. So, um kudos again to you guys at flight test uh, for making that happen and uh hoping to see you guys real soon yeah great good congratulations to them getting that open uh i think that's it for all the uh upcoming events right i don't think we have anything else i'm sure there's a lot of events and by the way guys if you have events that you'd like us to share let us know. Send us an email, contact at rcroundtable.com or message us on Facebook. We are we are happy to share all the stuff that's going on and you know give us more information so we can put it in the details. All right, Lee. I know you've been itching to talk about your work badge. You've had an exciting week based on all our texts and uh, emails to each other. Come on, they spill the dirty goods. You've been working on a particular aircraft that starts with an F and ends with a U, right? Oh, wait, that's always wrong. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> F4U2, Fitz. <laughs> yeah, you and the horseshoe. That was, don't on. cut that at all. That was awesome. <laughs> that is not thinking ahead what you're saying, but it was perfect. This is what happens and when you don't pre-plan what you're going to say. <laughs> there have been some F4U moments with this airplane, so... Let's talk about the Corsair. So, guys, you know I've been working on this forever. I'm taking way too long and yada, yada, yada. Uh, if you want to know more about the Corsair, go back a couple episodes where I ramble on. But uh, I finally got the engine running. Uh, and I'm, that's, I'm jumping to the end right there. I, I was at a point where I'm still working on other little parts of the airplane, but it was a good time to get the engine uh, tested. So got a new fuel tank in there, got my lines run, got my uh, Dubro shock mount in there which i'm going to draw back to conversation earlier in the episode about uh, what fitz mentioned about thrust line and i talked to randy larson about this but my corsair has got a really weird firewall setup and it's and i sent pictures to terry and fitz and you 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 know what i'm talking about right with that ruler yeah I, I taped to the plane. Guys, when I attach the Dubro shock mount, it's it's a it's a level mount, guys. It's, it doesn't have anything built into it. It's just got these little rubber pads. But once I bolted it in flush to the firewall, I noticed that my engine, even it inverted, was aiming up. And I double-checked over and over again. Finally, I got all my rulers out and right angles, and I strapped them to the aircraft to look. And sure enough... I don't know if the firewall was built wrong on the rig or what. Uh, it does have right into it, so that's good. But it looked like it had some up in it instead. So I uh, I don't like that. Um, that's not good. Almost every plane I have has down thrust. Uh, almost. I'm not going to sell everybody. I'm putting down thrust in there. But uh, in fact, I have another Corsair, not the one that Terry gave me. But I have a little foamy Corsair. And the first time I flew it, that thing would just nose up on throttle. So I had to shim it quite a lot to get that uh, down thrust just right so uh, from the amount of lift you're getting from that gull wing and the, and the airfoil it would fly straight well um, that was a, that was a big step for me so I shimmed the Dubro mount down and I feel much better it feels like it's straight so we'll, we'll try that I don't think I need to add any more down but uh, after I got that I ran it out to the uh, driveway got everything set up was trying to crank it over it wouldn't start 
and at first I wasn't sure if I was getting fuel, and then after a while I could definitely smell the fuel. So on a hunch, I was like, you know, I'm not sure about this new switch I got on the side. I'm just going to go ahead and pull the battery, bypass the switch, and then just start basic. Just make sure I can get the engine to run, and then I'll start worrying about all the wiring. Well, I pulled the battery out, and I walked to the workshop just to make sure the voltage is right, and I was getting 5 volts. But as I walked back to the plane to put it in, I, I said, you know what, let me just make sure I'm not getting a false reading. So guys, this is the PSA that I need to tell everybody. This is very important because it goes on to another topic. If you have an important battery, like super duper important that runs your ignition or your receiver, it's a separate battery, triple check it. Hmm. Because this is what happened to me. I went in there, put my battery, the nickel metal hydrate, which I know I had already charged, on a discharge and put half an amp load on it. And that battery dropped from 5.2 volts to 3.6 in 10 seconds. Something is wrong. I didn't do a cycle before. I think I just charged it and made sure I had the right voltage. But guys, this thing just dropped like a brick. And then I tried cycling it. And then what happened was it would discharge. But when it started charging, it would never stop. Hmm. So really? I have a I have a bad cell. Yeah, so, so then, short or something in it. Yeah, so then I decided, well, if I'm at this point, I'm not going to take any chances with this plane. I'm not going to work with this battery. I'll buy a new one. I went ahead and pulled the shrink wrap. And as soon as I pulled the shrink wrap off, two of the batteries fell out. Oh. Two of the solder tabs. Two of the solder tabs. Not really soldered, like tack weld. Tabs fell off. They did not stick to the, the battery. Man, for a plane that vibrates... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bad you know, This is the worst possible thing you can have is that your ignition battery just flakes out on your dies. You know, it's one thing to get like a, an LOS and maybe recover, you know, but when you, if you have your ignition quit, you're done. And so, long story short, guys, check those batteries. Make sure you get a respectable, you know, company or you purchase from a respectable company. This one was from a respectable company. It's Max Products. Um, but darn it, if I did not get the short end of the stick here and, and I, I dodged a bullet. Uh, so I'm definitely going with a different route. When I ran the engine up, I went ahead and bypassed to a uh, a LiPo battery on a BEC. So I had a, a nice clean voltage and it started right up. Guys, it runs great. I had to make a little couple of tweaks, but you saw the video. The engine's running awesome. But now I need to go dive in to make sure I get a really good battery, you know, discharge it several times, make sure it's good, and then plug it back in. Uh, I know there's a debate on, you know, should you use uh, a nickel metal hydride battery uh, can you use a LIFE battery? Should you get a, a LiPo LIFE with a BEC? I think the the best solution would be to get a, a BEC type device to give you a steady current and voltage to the ignition coil to give you the best possible running. Mm. The downside for my plane though is that I don't have the room, you know, and I don't have the ventilation back there because it runs it has a heat heat sink on it. So I'm probably going to have to go back to nickel metal hydride, but I promise you I will be checking and double checking over and over again. So now that I've given this long speech, do you have any questions for me, Fitz, or you want me to touch on anything I just mentioned? Uh, any issues getting it? Once you've sorted out the, the battery voltage problem, any, any issues um, getting <clears throat> started for the first time? Not at all. Crank right up? Man, what, yeah, cranked right up. I mean, because I, I, I had the choke on, I pulled it, it popped once, which is by the instructions, mm. uh, and opened the choke, and then... Uh, Cranked it over and she started. Uh, just look, again, a couple little tweaks I needed for low end. She was too lean, and then I opened her up a little rich on the uh, the uh, high speed idle, uh, and then she ran fine. And the video just shows you exactly what she was doing. I I was very happy. You use a starter or a hand start? I used a starter, but it's funny they recommend a twenty four volt one, mm. but I just used my my Sullivan twelve volt starter and it worked great. 
I mean, just a little tap and it was done. Oh, nice. I probably could have hand started it after I had it running for a while, but you know, it was very convenient. Oh, and by the way, the silicon nose for that fit perfect for that prop hub. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, I like uh, I like the three blade prop you were running on it. Thank you. Yeah. I picked that up at Georgetown. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Last year, <laughs> last January. <laughs> you see, like a good match for the engine. I think so. I, it, boy, I tell you though, I had Austin hold it for me because I I have a little weird thing with it, and I've talked to a couple people, and most of them feel it's no big deal, so I'm not going to talk talk about it. But I had Austin holding the plane down for the second run up, and he looked at me going, "Holy smokes, this thing's got a lot of power!" <laughs> and, I, and then I go, "That's only half throttle." <laughs> I mean, it is overkill, guys. And I know some pilots are going, there's no such thing as overkill. Just regulate the throttle. But dang, this this engine is just a lot of monster for a 60-size Corsair. It's awesome. It is. But, man, it, it's not necessary. Fire-breathing warper. <laughs> oh, man. It sounds good. I like it. I mean, it's it's. I mean, I, I got to tell you, there's a little bit of euphoria. <laughs> <laughs> You know, running this plane, gas engine, it sounds awesome, you know, and, you know, when you see the gaggle, when you see all those guys from Texas Warbird Thunder flying, and you hear it, and you smell it, you go, man, I want to be a part of that, and now I feel like I'm, you know, I'm getting there. (laughs) You know, I've flown in the gaggle with electric, but it's not the same. (laughs) (laughs) And they only have two, see, they don't need a throttle stick, they just need an on-off switch. They start their engines, you know, they have an idle speed and a, a... a flying speed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's no such thing as transition or throttle curve. It's it's very linear. And it's straight up. Straight up. Yeah. <laughs> On off switch. Yeah. <laughs> so it's good news. It's good news. I've got to. You know, I got. I. If anybody have you ever seen the TV show Roadkill? No. It's on Motor Trend. There's these two guys that just I love it. It's it's. Uh, it's neat for me, but they just find these old cars in, in junkyards and they, they get them started and then they drive them somewhere and then they make them do crazy things. But they mm. just they're so resourceful. Um, but my just something that one of the guys does, uh, Freiberger, he always takes a finds a piece of cardboard and then he writes down a list of all the stuff that has to be done in the car. And you always see that cardboard stuck somewhere in the hood or the engine. And that's that's your checklist. So mm. I, I whipped out a piece of cardboard and put all my little checklist items for the Corsair. So it's it's getting checked off. Well, glad you finally got the thing running and, and pretty much... Is it ready to fly, I guess, at this point? Uh, some stuff. I don't know if I'm going to worry about the pneumatics. I'm still losing a little bit of air, but it's also, you know, I've got to run them back and forth several times to get those seals working. Yeah, so yeah. I'm hoping that'll that'll eventually tighten up and, uh, you know, CG... I mean, it's almost... It's, it's We're close. We're close. I, I haven't done anything with the cockpit yet, so I'm deciding if I'm going to do all the paint that's required because it just comes with generic plastic mm. and I don't have a pilot. So I'd like to, I'm, I might be able to work that out next week. It, here's the, here's the final say it will be ready for Bomberfield. Oh uh, yeah. Great. You, you plan on mating, 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 mating it. No, I, <laughs> will ma- I will not mating it at Bomber. I will take it to Northwest RC and, and do all my, my testing okay. there. And then I'll, I'll hopefully be a bomber. Cool beans. All right. Cross my fingers. Make sure, uh, I, I, I presume you're going to throw a video camera in somebody's hands while you do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get it recorded. Uh, awesome. Oh, all right. Congratulations. Thank you. Moving on. Moving yeah, on. got the got the Cessna done, getting the Corsair almost done. And now I'm going to add this final little shot. I'm almost done with the Tugster. Yeah. 
Yeah, I saw you. You still uh, can you still see straight after painting it? <laughs> it was so funny you said that because I was I was out painting last night and I came in going, man, whoo, I'm seeing stars. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll you you give me like one of those little Supreme Court uh, timer things, like you know red light or yellow light. You know you have sixty seconds left, Mister Ray. Uh, the tungster's doing real well. I've been posting some photos. I'm painting it with testers enamel, so it does take at least twenty four hours to dry. Mm. Uh, they prefer 48. So I've got the bottom done. I just did the top coat yesterday. I've got most of the pieces painted. Uh, there's some more little touch-up I need to do. But I did put the boat in the water today. Oh, really? I put it in the, I put it in the pool. It's very tail-heavy. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a huge rise to it. It's it's already on plane as soon as you put it in the water. Uh, but I ran it around just for fun because I just had to do it. I just I mean, the, the bottom coat was dry. And man, I've got a huge smile on my face. That thing moves. It's it's so nice to have a brushless motor on that sucker, and I'm I'm really happy with the the work I've done on it. Yeah. I I'd like to get the clear coat on because uh, that's a whole painting story. That's another day. Uh, but I'm I am I'm very happy with it. It's running. I'm going to go to the store today to go pick up some weights to epoxy to the bottom. Uh, I know I've got lots of bolts and nuts I can just show in there, but I'd like to get you know something that's quite nice and I can cut and fit to size. That, that thing has the most unintuitive, goofy-shaped hull <laughs> ever. Uh, you know what? It's weird. I like how it runs the way it looks in the water right now. It's it's really sits high, but the water goes out to the side. I'm thinking, man, if I run this, you know, full speed, you know, with the, with the with that level in the water, that water's just going to go right over the deck because <laughs> because this thing has some speed to it. It's really nice. I'm only running on a two cell lipo. But uh, anyway, I digress. It's it's neat. I'm I'm excited. I can't wait to show you all some of the final photos when it's done. Yeah, I look forward to it. That's awesome. I hope my kids will keep it in, in running shape for many many years to come. I I darn epoxy the whole boat, so <laughs> it shouldn't well, shouldn't go south anytime soon. And a particular reason why you chose to use uh, testers enamels to paint it, just out of curiosity. Uh, I I wanted to go with an uh, an oil base enamel. Yeah. And it was just cheaper. With, I mean, I say cheaper. It's not really cheap, but it was just easier to get the cans. The spray cans. And, yeah. Okay. Just to put it on there, and you know, I'm I'm happy with it. it. It's 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 messy, and I've got my fans running in there, and yes, I have plastic all over my workshop, and I've got paint paint on my feet, and my hands, and my watch, and it smells <laughs> wonderful. Yes, it's a mess in there, but uh, I will. You know, everything will be gone in a couple of days, and the boat will be finished, and it'll be fun. And I can't wait to show it to you at the at your boat fest. Uh, yes. Yeah. Again, now, yet another new boat. Yeah, yeah. Your turn. What, what's on your workbench? What have you been doing? Uh, let's see. Not a whole lot. Uh, actually, this past week, I've had a, a out-of-town friend come to visit, and so I've been busy with uh, entertaining him uh, in the evenings and whatnot. Uh, but a couple things. Uh, I mentioned uh, before about the Habu. We were talking about the AMA Expo East uh, <laughs> yeah. in the Habu that I shoved into various bits, uh, suitcases and containers and, and the habu that fell off your wall and ceiling broke its tail. fell off the ceiling the ceiling yes <laughs> right, uh, that habu yeah, yeah. Gotcha. that one i've subsequently flown it again after the ceiling incident and done some repairs and i flew it again flew just fine that fan still makes a horrendous noise it's um it's not the most efficient thing it's the delta v delta v yeah the e-flight delta v fan which is good enough but it's just I'm not sure if it's out of balance or what, but that's irrelevant because I've got a new fan for it that I intend to put in. Uh, I actually got it in piecemeal. Uh, on RC Group, somebody was selling a motor I've been looking for. It's one of the HET 
upgrade motors for this but this one is wound for the eight cell uh power which is what i wanted and when i got it uh it came with a um jet fan rotor which i didn't know it would come with a jet fan rotor yeah you know jet fan uh it's a company out of europe somewhere i think germany or something they make a whole bunch of carbon fiber um 80 millimeter 90 millimeter 120 millimeter fans they're really really nice fans they sound great lots of power uh, i think it's a nine blade fan or something like that i've run them before in some of my other planes and they're really nice i'm a big fan of them um flux rc sells them if you're in the states uh so i plan to put a jet fan fan <laughs> into the habu and when this came with the rotor, I was really happy because, hey, that's great. I, just, you know, I don't have to buy a whole rotor system, a whole uh, fan system. I just, just need to, the shroud. I was, thought I could use the shroud that came in the Habu, but it, it won't fit the motor. So I called, I uh, sent a message to the guys at FLX RC and said, hey, do you just sell the outer shroud, the, the stator in, in housing? And he goes, oh, yeah, they're not on the website, but, yeah, just send me uh, X amount of money uh, and I'll send you one. And so that just came in a couple days ago. So now I have the complete fan and shroud and motor uh, for the upgrades to the Habu. So it will go from a 6S Habu to an 8S Habu. Habubu. Habubu, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Habba Habubu. I like that one better. Habababu. Because <laughs> the air. Habba Habba Habubu. Habba Habba Habu. Wow. Uh, the airframe is actually really nice. I had my first couple of flights, I actually had a kind of a hard time landing it because it maintains its speed so well. So I come around the pattern and come to land and it's still going and going and going. <laughs> like, okay, go around. <laughs> so it's a slippery airframe. So I'm really looking forward to upgrading. Uh, I'm going to have to upgrade a speed controller, but I already have a speed controller I can use. So um, I have no more excuses. So my next step is to uh, take the old power system out and slam in a new power system and see how that works. Cool. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, let's see what else. A couple things. Um, I've been trying to past last, past few uh, swap meets and stuff. I've been trying to get rid of some planes and stuff. And and the one uh, we went to at Scoby, uh, as I was loading some planes, I carpooled with our our buddy um, Jeff, and Jeff saw a couple of planes I was selling. He's like, "Hey, I kind of like those planes. Uh, would you be interested in selling them to me?" Um, and his father, his father wanted one, he wanted one. I said, okay, well, here, you just take them and we'll settle up later um, with some, uh, we can do some horse training or something. I just wanted them out of the garage. And so lo and behold, uh, this past week or so, um, Jeff was in the process of settling up. And in the process, I got a, uh, speaking of boat float, I now have a new in the box, basically, Lindbergh Blue Devil Destroyer. This is... A motorized plastic model that's about three feet long. It's pretty big, um, and uh, that I have plans to make an RC. It takes up a lot less space than the plane that replaced it. And although he did give me another plane, I didn't quite realize it what I was doing until I got it. He goes, "I got something else for you for trade." I said, "Okay." I go over his house and he just throws an airplane in it. And I was so kind of enthralled by it's like hey this is kind of a neat little plane this is interesting this is something his father i think built some years ago it's a motor glider um uh, i didn't know what it was i had to ask uh, our friend um tom blankety he said tom do you know what this is and he says oh yeah that looks like a um 
Foreigner, Foreigner, Foreigner RF4 from West Wings. It's a kit built. Uh, it's like a low wing motor glider because I thought it was a Roby or a Gropner kind of thing, but it's it's actually something else. It wasn't until I kind of got home and I was like, wait a minute, I'm trying to get rid of planes. I got another plane. No. <laughs> next time you, next time something like gets near your car, call me first so I can be your little conscience. <laughs> yeah, tell me. No like, more. <laughs> it's like, damn it. <laughs> I'm trying to get rid of planes. This has got like a 70 inch wingspan, but it's kind of neat. It's kind of a little bit beat up. It's kind of older and got some hanger rash, but it looks certainly looks flyable. Uh, but I think it might be a good match for that Astroflight Cobalt motor I got from Terry. Uh, just with using uh, lithium instead of NICAT. Because uh, being a power glider doesn't need a whole lot of power. So uh, I'll probably do that, fly around a little bit with that setup and see how I, I like it. If I don't like it, then off to the swap meet it goes. You just, you're renting it. I'm renting it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's neat. It's, it's old. I'm, I'm sure the thing is 20, 30 years old or something like that. I have to ask him exactly how old it is. Uh, but it's one of those things he kind of had for a long time. But it's nice. It's kind of neat. It's interesting. Uh, I had to look it up, and it dates back to the 70s when uh, I think RCM or somebody had plans for it. So I don't know how old it is. It's got modern servos on it, so it can't be that old. I need you to send me a photo of it so I can put it on the flyer. I mean, the collage. Oh, yeah, send you a photo. Uh, so, that's, so that's what's on my workbench. So I haven't really been doing anything per se, but I got some stuff in the queue. And I still got that stupid 810 I got to paint. Stupid A10? Yeah. It's blasphemy. Uh, I know. I love that A10, but I need to paint it. And A, the weather's been so terrible for painting. Unlike some people who have uh, climate-controlled workshops. <laughs> you mean uh, gas chambers? <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I use acrylics that don't have that kind of... that don't make the walls move <laughs> on me when I'm <laughs> painting. Someone posted a comment says, "Are you are you listening to the voices or the ghosts that are talking to you in there? <laughs> Don't do it." <laughs> well, that's it for me. I can't think of anything else. I think we uh, I think we did okay. Sans Terry. Well, he's uh, Terry didn't get a word in edgewise. I know he's he's a pretty talkative chap. I guess he's a. Uh, Busy, um, I don't know, fishing or something. Does he even like to fish? I have no idea. Yeah, this is his penalty for not bringing something with him. Yeah. On his vacation. We could have talked about it, but no. So. Yeah. Well, that's, that's his loss. No Terry talk. Nope. All right, well, I hope I hope that was uh, enjoyable for some of you guys. And, and I gosh, in two weeks, there will be a whole bunch of talk about the course there. In fact, maybe maybe next week. Who knows? I might have a video yeah, online. So stay tuned. Time to commit flight. No more excuses. Yep. yep. Triple, triple. First, first gas powered aircraft. Woohoo! Sure. I'm gonna. And I, 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 <laughs> final note here: when I was talking to Randy Larson about a uh, question on my DLE, I mentioned to him, and I, I kind of caught myself. I said, "You know, Randy, I, I see the attraction of buying the larger giant planes because you have so much room to put stuff in." And he goes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one of us. One of us. <laughs> Join the dark side. Well, you know, he, he mentioned a great point. He says, you know, it's the bigger planes fly a little better. They're a little, you know, they're a little slower on, you know, on as far as their flying styles uh, in the air, like movement. And uh, they're easier to see. 
But for me, I'm like thinking, man, I sure would like a lot more room in a yeah, plane to be yeah. able to put everything I want because I, I have really just crammed stuff in there and I'm being very, very careful when I put my pneumatic lines in and all the lines from the wing because I have four independent servos running. It's a mess in there, you know, and I don't like that. I'm, I'd prefer it to be a little bit nicer and neat, but just you just don't have much to work with on a 60 size plane. No, so, no. You know, maybe, maybe a giant scale is... Yeah, in my in my inventory soon. Now that said, I do find large planes do fly a little funny after flying a lot of small planes. Uh, it's hard to quantify it, other than I think it's the extra mass. They're not quite as twitchy. Twitchy was what I meant to say. Yeah, yeah I, I, you know, I was like saying when they when they when they're moving in the air, they're they're slower as far as yeah, uh, or their their twitchiness is reduced. Is that better? Yeah, I don't know how yeah. you how you describe it, but yes, that's what I meant. So it's definitely a little bit different feel to them. So, hmm. Now, which one should I get? The P forty seven, the key for the Oscar, the key forty three. No, <laughs> oh, come on. No. I live vicariously through. No, I'm, I'm already having to sell blood to to pay for this Corsair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's enough of that. All right, guys, stay tuned. Hopefully, we'll have some some cool stories, and we'll have a boating event to talk about. Mm. It'll be great. Yes, indeed it will. And on that note, we'll see you next time. And uh, hopefully we'll have an update on Lee's attempts at a flight. Okay. See ya. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com where you can send us comments and suggestions or listen to our other great podcasts. Where you will also find links to our iTunes and social media sites. Thanks for listening.